Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Griefcast with me, Carrie Adloyd. How do we grieve for someone? How does it change and evolve as we get older? My dad died when I was 15 and it took me many, many years to be able to express what I had gone through. So I decided to create Griefcast, a chance to talk, share and laugh about the weirdness of grief and death. But with comedians, so it's not that depressing, I promise. Each time I talk to a different comedian about their own personal experience of grief as we remember someone that they have lost along the way. Whether it was a long time ago or you've just joined the club, this is a chance to talk about the peculiar human process of death. Welcome to Griefcast. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago... If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy the show, please do subscribe and rate and review. And thank you so much to those that have already left really lovely comments and reviewed it five stars. It means such a lot to me to know that people are finding these chats helpful. And it does also help other people find the show as well. So thank you so much for doing that. This week, I'm talking to stand-up and writer John Luke Roberts. He's written for Have I Got News For You, Newsoids and Nevermind the Buzzcocks. And he also wrote and starred in his own sitcom, Bull, for UK TV Gold. He's also doing a show in London this week called The Dead Show, so listen for details of that at the end, as I suspect if you're listening to this, then you will definitely enjoy it. He came in to talk to me last year about his dad, who died in 2014. Welcome to Griefcast. I'm joined today by comedian John Luke Roberts. Hello. Hi. Hi. Who are we remembering today? Um, My dad. Your dad. Yes. And what happened to your dad? He died. He died. <laughs> Thanks very much. I'll see you later. <laughs> You've been listening to Griefcast. Um, that was a pleasure. He died. That's all we need, really. That, that's the, the, I've shortcut it, haven't I? Yeah, yeah. Shortcut it. You shortcut the end um, of the hour. He died two, three years ago. Three years ago? It is now, yeah. Wow. Two and a half. So I, the reason I'm saying wow is I saw an Edinburgh show that you did. Yeah. Which was called... Stadad Up. Stadad Up. Yeah. Which is a very very brilliant show about your dad dying mm. and oh yeah so you did that show how long after he died so he died in september um early september and then i did the show the following august wow but actually i did the week of the show in january and actually looking back it seems a bit mad but for, yeah four months afterwards i did it what it did mean was the creative process and the grieving process were pretty much the same thing yeah, yeah. and then by chance it happened that actually it helped the grieving process did you find way. that you found it oh, yeah. really helpful I, 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 yes against the odds really I had such a strong feeling that I had to do the show and then uh, nobody so much warned me off it but I don't think anyone would recommend it <laughs> I remember being I, remember, I think I remember I spoke to you before that and being a bit like just you know look after yourself yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I was like I think it's fine to do but just make sure you're not like yeah. drinking till six in the morning or something like make oh sure yeah well you're... I did have to it's weird too to not really be able to talk about my father dying yeah. without also talking about a show I did yeah. about my father dying and <laughs> it's odd that they're kind of wrapped up that much I don't feel much guilt for that I suppose I know that I have a I uh, am much fonder of my father now yeah having done the show than I was before he died or when he died even uh, what changed actually, in the show then? Make it made you fonder? Did you feel like you understood him better? Well, I had to spend t- like for the show. I spent um, yeah. We should, ex- we should explain what uh, you do in yeah, the show. So the show was the sort of main bit of the show was the idea that comedians who's there was a spate of them a few years ago of dead dad shows like uh, normally yeah. male comedians. Yeah. Uh, their father would die, and they'd do a show about it in which they'd explain they had a difficult relationship with him, but ultimately they'd do anything to get him back. Yeah, I decided to do a variant of that show, but um, I was kind of sick of them leaning so hard on the uh, 
Like, what do you do if somebody dies you don't really like? Somebody who's not been really yeah. very nice to you, very good to you, but has this very, very strong genetic bond and like uh, life bond, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, and I, so I wanted to try and do an honest show about it. Mm. And for some reason, I just went, oh, I'll, I'll perform as him. Uh, that was... So I want people to understand, so you would come on stage... I'd come on stage... In his suit. Well, I, I, I put the costume on during the show. Yeah. Because I realised there was quite a lot of work to do to get the audience on side with me. Yeah. So I actually, I think I started with a strip and then a Philip Larkin poem. Oh, yes, while, like, walking around naked with just a, a pixelated penis thing. <laughs> It's um, a really good show. <laughs> and then I spent like 15 minutes telling the audience who he was and uh, sort of an, enough detail about him to to get them okay with me doing what I was about to do, mm. which meant, which was quite a fine line to balance. Yeah, like yeah. I couldn't, and for one thing, I could only tell the stories which are mine to tell, really. I, I, I didn't want to do anything that would upset my family or, or kind of talk about... Uh, aspects of him and the way he behaved, which uh, I don't think they'd be happy with people knowing necessarily. But I, I sort of had to give enough critical information about him yeah. for people to be prepared for me to do, like to break a real taboo, I suppose, to yeah. make fun of my recently deceased father. Yeah. But and I, so I, I, during the show, built up this suit, which was his old, old suit, actually. He, when he died, he was, uh, well, he'd always been, he was morbidly obese when he died. But he'd always seemed to stay the same. So I realised this that I, as a because he was uh, probably slightly overweight when I was four. Yeah. But as I grew up, he just he grew up as well. So he always <laughs> stayed the same size as far as I was concerned. And he was just terrifying. This huge like yeah. Uh, yeah. The suit when you came on in the suit and you filled it with balloons. Yeah, yeah. It you looked it was massive. It was but, huge. But and that, yeah, and that yeah. was um, so put this fake beard on to be him and and glasses and this pair of false teeth just to give myself slightly more menacing, and, uh, and put on a Birkenhead accent, which is where he was from. Yeah, and then performed him as an insult comic for 30 minutes of the show. Uh, like a very like aggressive, prone to sudden outbursts, witty man. Yeah, it was very... I really loved it. He was His insults were really funny, mm -hmm. but he was really scary. Mm -hmm. So there was a real thing the whole time you were being this dad character filled with balloons, and you were... You, like you said, you're not a large... You know, you're not morbidly obese, so you it was this huge... But I'm genetically prone. You are genetically prone. <laughs> You'll have to watch it when I you're older. I will have to watch it. But um, it was, yeah, there was a... When he would suddenly get rageful, there mm. was this like, oh, I don't no, know. It was, it, and I sort of wanted it to be properly scary. Because yeah, it, it was. I, I, And I realised what I was doing, I was doing the nightmare version of him, like as a five-year-old, what he seemed like. He was a terrifying man at home. Like he was... Uh, it, it wasn't just the kind of outbursts of anger. It was the threat of it, mm. like the you know the sort of Christmas dinners, the uh, the sitting around just everybody desperately trying not to do anything which would set him off in some yeah. way. So yeah, I want to try and capture that to to exercise that somehow. So in becoming, because you, I think you're right. You definitely became this night a nightmare version of a father. Mm -hmm. Did you feel like you somehow understood why he had that rage, or did you just feel like you forgave him for that? Do I understand him? I think I did end up understanding him better. It's partly because I, I, I kind of ended up liking the character I'd created. <laughs> your version well, of your that's dad. It. It's a sort of, you know, I, you know, he was, the show certainly made me look at all his good points and he yeah. had a lot of them. And the, in fact, the show sort of, the, 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 it ended basically with an, an argument between me and him, with yeah. him shouting at me about what I was 
doing and how I was portraying him. And that, I think, was essential. I, I think the audience, if I'd left without that, yeah. the, I don't think anyone would have gone along with me. And also, I think that was actually hugely helpful to me, grief-wise. I think that's really yeah. what happened, like, to look in a mirror dressed as my dad. And I look... I look, I look just like him. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I, I occasionally now I catch myself in a mirror and uh, I'm a little bit. Wow. Um, yeah. It's. Uh, it's the proper, like, like one of my brother's friends at the funeral said, "Oh, so you've uh, paid tribute to your father by dressing exactly like him and looking <laughs> identical." <laughs> and it was, I was thinking, "Oh, yeah, it's true." <laughs> um, one of the big things, I remember his retirement party, and he'd had quite a miserable last few years at work. He'd had sort of. Ended up with depression, and and depression led to depression led to him going to counselling, and then wanting to talk to my bro- my brother, who's nine years older than me, the oldest one, has uh, got the brunt of a lot right. of the anger. And so I, you know, this was the other thing I was always or largely the observer because my older siblings would hide me away, mm. uh, my sister certainly. But then my dad wanting to talk to him about all this stuff, and he just desperately didn't want to. Um, his colleagues loved him. Like yeah. he was this caring, uh, he, he was amazing. And, and things I never would have dreamed. He, he was he was very good at dealing with bullying at work. He had a very good bedside, I mean, he was a doctor. He was a yeah. cancer doctor. He was a very good bad, bedside man. His patients loved him. He obviously saved quite a lot of people and made the end of people's lives better. He did a lot for women in the workplace. And, <laughs> uh, the, 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 which, uh, uh, the, given, given what I grew up with, seeing my mum yeah. go through, I can never kind of marry the two people together, but I know that that one exists and that one's sort of no less of a person than the other one. I mean, we're all loads of different people at the same time. Kaylee Llewellyn, who came on the show, and she had a very difficult relationship with her dad. He was very violent and aggressive. Mm -hmm. And at his funeral, people were coming up and being like, oh, what a man, what a legend. Loved him, life and so on. And she said the same thing. She was just like, did I make it up? Did I make it up that it... Mm. What was happening at yeah, home was not that. Was yeah, that's what she said. It was like completely random, like five. And actually, that. Um, so when I thought, oh well, I'm going to do the show, I asked my mum, and if she'd said, no, I'm not happy with you doing that, then I wouldn't have done it. Uh, I think, I hope. <laughs> um, uh, but she was, she was okay with it. But then the the thought, as I was putting it together, and the process of putting it together was very hard because yeah. I'm going through this kind of grieving thing, and if you know. When you're building a show, it's not good from the beginning. There's times when it's when you die on your ass. Yeah. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> but the feeling of that, like oh, death gosh. at the end, the feeling of God, am I really doing this to my dead father's memory for this? Am I dying <laughs> on stage? Like, is this? It seemed. It seemed Why like if the audience. This? It seemed like if it got a good response, at least this it was in some way his, or, or maybe I was just making myself feel better about the, that taboo of it. But certainly. It was a difficult process putting it together. And then the worry snuck in, not so much what my family would think. But I started to worry about if his colleagues or if our people knew him in, in other walks of life. Yeah. Like how they would, um, was it fair for me to change their version of him? Yeah. How did you resolve that? I just did it. I just did it. Well, no, I thought, well, actually, no, this is. I have a right to tell this story, this yeah. version of this story. And then and maybe it led to me within it kind of dealing with the having to talk about the different versions of, of him at yeah. the same time. In doing that, I don't think it seemed like I thought I was right. No, I don't think I so. I think the whole the whole thing hinged on the difficulty of, of I think that's that down why I well. liked it, though, because I think what it highlighted is the, the massive complexities of a parent and child relationship yeah, yeah. and the, the massive frustration and anger and 
conflict that happens when one of them dies. Yeah, yeah. And that com- and I loved that bit in the mirror because what it reminded me of like well, how I feel when my dad died. A conversation got stopped mid conversation. Yeah. And that fury of like, but I was fucking talking to you. Mm. And by that I mean I was just having a relationship with this person, you know, as yeah, his and- child. And then it's gone. So I completely understood this this nightmare version of your dad screaming at you in the mirror while you're dressed as him in his like I really was like, oh, this is like the most sort of I don't know, like oh, it sounds really awful wanky for me, but like the sort of most the physical manifestation of what happens in our heads all the time of like, oh yeah, well he's you're still arguing with them in your head mm. all the time. And you were just sort of acting it out. Yeah. I think that's sort of true. The other thing was I I didn't um I was the youngest child. I didn't speak to him often. He thought yeah. that I was completely taciturn, I think, that I just, in social situations, I just wouldn't speak. There'd be a big... I, um, so there was one night I remember it was uh, it was Christmas Eve. I was back home. I was an adult. must have been 25 or 26 or something. It was past the time when I'd been pretending that I wasn't an atheist. So the family were all out at mass. And that I sort of laugh at that because... I held off letting my mum know that I wasn't an atheist because that would have meant my father had won in some way because <laughs> there was this, but he, you know, she was Roman Catholic. He was, uh, and, he, and the way he, he was very cruel about sort of mock her for it. And then that stopped as he got older. But at any rate, uh, we were left there and I remember drinking. And I remember one evening of actually talking to him and him telling me so much. Wow. And I can't remember any of it because... I was blind drunk. Like <laughs> I just, uh, so I'm so sad about that. But in a way, you did. At least you had it. I had a, Even if yeah, you can't had remember a conversation. It, that you, I can't remember. you did have a conversation yeah, with know, him. I, That's great. So how did he die? What happened? Yes, good. Let's get away from um, just uh, <laughs> pricey of my career. Um, he, uh, well, he, he. There's so many things. I, I've, I've it was something to do with his heart. I mean, his heart basically stopped. Right. He'd been in and out of hospital for a couple of years. He was hugely overweight. He had problems with his legs. He couldn't really walk anymore. And then I think the blood would, his vascular problems too, which uh, happily I have. Um, so his, his blood would just stay stagnant in his legs and things like that. I think, it, I'm not sure it was a pulmonary embolism or a, I'm not sure what they, they pinned the exact cause right, down to. Yeah. But he was immobile. He was He was finding breathing very hard. And his heart wasn't strong anymore. So, would, has he gone to hospital? Or yeah, he was. Um, he'd been in and out of hospital. He was in hospital when he died. I think I, for a while, my mum had been looking after him at home, and this was one of the things that uh, made it very hard to deal with him in the last few years. Was he, he'd always been what the entire family revolved around, and my mum especially had. She was working a full-time job. She was still, still working a full-time job. She, you know, she's a GP. She was working a full-time job, then coming home and caring for him for seven hours at night, wow. like doing a proper, because he didn't want nurses in or he didn't want to go somewhere else. Right. And he was like, I remember being home when she was taking him to bed, when he was still going to bed on the first floor. Right, yeah. But she was, but I mean, he was. He got up those stairs through sheer willpower. Wow, yeah. And it would take, like, hauling himself up on the banister. There was no way he could do that. And she was behind him. And I remember just thinking, God, if you fell, then you'd both be... Oh, uh, my just... God. So that stopped. He was moved down to the ground floor. How old was he by this point? Mid-60s. Oh, OK. Actually, he caught, caught his leg on the... Uh, the bed was not safe. There was this sort of 
into the frame, which ended up effectively being a spike. Oh, God. It's just in the wrong place. And his skin was so fragile that, it, oh. that he lost a load of blood. And that took him to hospital. And that was the sort of last run of it before. Wow. He was so ill that he was for months and months alive through what seemed like just sheer bloody mindedness. Yeah, yeah. Because there was, it, was, it kept going on. And, and to the extent I was away when he actually died because it was sort of thought he'd never go. Yeah. So really. how had he been ill for like several years, kind of? Yeah. Had I mean, you had lots a, of potential phone calls where you thought, oh, God, this is it, and then yeah, it really I got had. through? Yeah, I had. It's actually funny, to, well, funny uh, <laughs> strange to remember it now. I get, if I ever got a phone call from my mum when I wasn't expecting it, yeah, yeah. we talked quite frequently anyway. We still talk quite frequently. I, my immediate thought would be, oh, that he's Something's he's happened, gone. yeah. Dead. I think about a year, maybe less than a year before he did go, we got the call, like we come up, he's yeah. in hospital and uh, he was in ITU. I think effectively he was taken in against, I think even the advice he would have given. Um, so where were you when? I was in Portugal. In Portugal. On uh, a little holiday. <laughs> it was, um, what was it, September? Yeah, a break with my then girlfriend in Portugal. I got the phone call on the last day, it was just before we were flying home. I, in my, it's, it's, This is a strange thing. In my memory, I was on the loo. <laughs> But I, I'd never answer the phone on the loo, <laughs> so I don't think I was. But I built it up, so it's that. It's it's a very odd little. It's, I think I'm next to the bathroom. You know that kind of. You know when you're getting. You I, don't know where you are. You're just yeah. hovering around. Do you think you thought God it'd be awful if I was on the loo, and then your comedy brain went, "You were," <laughs> like. Yeah, sadly, like, I think that's probably what happened. This, yeah, this is this. Is the, what, that would be the worst thing that yeah. happened. I th- and I thought my my assumption was, oh, he he's died a few days ago. Oh wow! And she's knowing that I was away yeah. and not able to come back, she's waited. And in fact, he just slipped away that morning. Wow. How did you feel when you were so far away? Did you feel like, oh, I, I want to go back home now or were you, because of your relationship? Well, we were just about to go back home. Yeah. So there, w- there wasn't really a question about it. It's also, I don't know how I felt. And I think in that it's, you know, it's completely out of context thing happening. You just, it, inevitable it had been as it had been for so long, it was still... A complete surprise yeah because there was something you know he was such a dominating figure in all mm. our lives that it was like he was like a center of gravity for yeah. everything like every decision revolved around him is it going to piss him off is he going to know do we have to tell him this can we hide this from him can you mm. uh, certainly for me i think for all of the family even as even with you know three grown-up children he was a very dominating part of it like that what's the difference now that you see with your siblings and your mum like can you well, visibly I mean, the see main thing is <laughs> The main thing is just it's so much less stressful a family yeah. environment. There are still stresses in it which are caused by other things and I think maybe have come about because yeah, there's that. not that one to yeah, deal with yeah. anymore. My mum is so much lighter mm. and has a kind of social life she just never had. She, you know, she, It's like I had just glimpses of her for years and I go, oh, this is, the, this is who you are. You're yeah. this, this woman. You're not that, um, not that one. Yeah. My mum definitely massively changed. My mm. dad was a very dominant personality as mm. well, definitely. And I've said this before that it sounds <laughs> it sounds bad. It's not like we whooped <laughs> like at all, but they're definitely... You didn't do a show about it. <laughs> no, I didn't do a show about it. I just felt like everybody breathed a little bit more. Yeah, I think that's... And my, me and my brother said definitely like my mum, I feel like, yeah, she appeared. This woman appeared. Yeah. And I was like, oh... Oh, yeah. who are you? <laughs> like, yeah. very silly, very happy. And that's what, she was devastated he died. She definitely was. But yeah, I think he yeah. was quite a force of nature. That's definitely that, uh, very similar to my mum. And she was very, I think she'd wrapped it up with a lot of guilt as well, mm. which was crazy given what she'd given to him. 
one thing as well as like she seems she actually a lot uh, she's a lot more playful than before and a lot lighter but she does uh, there's an anxiety there which has sort of come things she'd never used to have been she was always so like able to sort everything out like yeah. you know to sort of give it to a busy but she sort everything for everyone do every, plan everything it would all be done and I, I still don't really know where she was able to get the energy from to do it but now she's like traveling getting a train makes her my mom's super like that super anxious yeah really anxious about stuff and I think it's because there was this huge like vortex of anxiety yeah. there this stress creator which is now gone and then you need to find it somewhere else yeah that's interesting my mum gets, well, she listens to the podcast, so I'm sure she won't mind. Um, she gets, if there's a mention of snow in England, she's like, don't leave the house. She's like, I'm worried. She will ring me, <laughs> even though I live very central London. I'll be like, I think it'll be. She's like, I just think you should just stay in today. And I'm like, I don't, I really don't think it'll affect, you know, it's snowing, <laughs> like, it never really does much here. Oh, I think it's going to snow. Or if it's rain, like the weather, yeah, travelling. She's she's like, she'll be three hours early for a train. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, cool, I'm, I'm here. I'm at Waterloo yeah. three hours. Like, great, I'm just going to relax. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay. I, I feel very much like, okay, that makes you happy. That's fine. I can't. Yeah. But it's interesting where it comes from. I think she was always quite anxious. But yeah, I do think you're right. Maybe that. It went to this other place, and now it has to go mm. somewhere else. She's, so she's still working as a GP. Yeah, I think she will. Well, I think she's got it. <laughs> she she went to medical school when she was seventeen. Wow. So she was. Yeah, I think she. Um, <laughs> in fact, I'm, I'm fairly sure she wants to break some kind of record for <laughs> longest time as a practicing doctor. Oh my god. Um, Is that how they met? Like yeah, medical, medical school. school. Yep. Wow. So you got the call. You obviously just came back home mm-hmm. anyway. And then how were those first couple of days? Was it just shock? I think I went straight up to Newcastle because we were flying back to London. So I went up on the train. I remember just getting there and I think immediately my mum was organising the books. I seem to remember this huge clear out of books at that point. Right, yeah. Sort of because we the house was just full of books everywhere. I... Uh, yeah, I think it was immediately into that sort of mode of sorting things out. Sort, yeah. But I guess if he's been ill for a long time, yeah, perhaps there's yeah. a... Yeah, but that, I might be like misremembering. That might have <laughs> happened at a, an earlier point or a yeah. later point or something. It's all a bit of a blur. Got, yeah, absolutely a blur. I remember I was there for a couple of days and then came back down to London before the funeral. Uh, I remember the discussions over the poem. It's quickly decided I wouldn't be doing the a eulogy. <laughs> 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 which I found quite funny at the time. But my brother and my sister did a sort of eulogy, one about his professional life and one about... Um, and I and I think there were, my sister wanted me to read um, Do Not Go Gentle Into That Good Night. And I couldn't conceive of reading it because it, it didn't ring true to me at all as to what mm. I would in a, like say to him. I, I, we, the, like, the raging was the problem. And it, uh, there was no kind of... Yeah. It was... Uh, so that was all. And then I... I remember finding a poem that made me cry when I thought about him, which which, which was uh, by John Betjeman called um, Five O'Clock Shadow, which is, a, I mean, I still I found it in my pocket the other day. You know that when you're going, you put an old suit on, you take yeah, out the yeah. thing from the... the oh, the, God. The heartbreaking poem about these um, men in the hospital ward waiting to die. Oh, basically. yeah. I think I know that one. Yeah. yeah. There was one line in it about feeling betrayed, which uh, ooh, actually, which even sort of remembering now is yeah. uh, slightly, it gets you. 
but so I read that and then just started and I, and I read that in at the funeral I remember that I don't know how you found the f- I remember sitting in the funeral and uh, in the crematorium this huge coffin there and suddenly I it's like you can never remember what being in a being at a funeral is like yeah. until you're there. Yeah, yeah. Walking, you know, everyone suits on, sitting down, then just suddenly being hit by that wave of um, it's sort of just weeping, uh, mm. probably for the first time, and then trying to get through that. My brother and my sister both kind of their voices catching it. I remember reaching for my aunt, who's a nun, reaching for her <laughs> hand at one point because I was feeling so like, and she thought I wanted her uh, uh, order of service. <laughs> I remember that, like just reaching my left hand out, like just go, oh, would you have this? And, oh, right, okay, this is where I am. <laughs> Thank you. Um, wow, she's a nun. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Just a, well, yeah, a funny bunch. You don't get many nuns these days. No, I know, you don't. No. It's <laughs> no. interesting. Lives in Brighton. Oh, a liberal nun. No. Well, not, not anti liberal. <laughs> <laughs> doing her best. I think they're doing a lot of drugs in town. Um. <laughs> so your brother and sister spoke. Did they not want you to speak because they thought you would do something funny? No. Uh, no, I don't. I, in fact, I, I think that that's kind of the spin on it I would put is that they thought I would be too disrespectful. But actually, I just think my mum knew I couldn't have done it. I, I'd have had no idea what to write that would yeah. have been suitable. Yeah. I, do, I wouldn't know where to begin. I, I'm sure I could have done it i mean my brother and my sister managed yeah and how have you spoken to them a lot about the relationship if you want to talk about because obviously they're not here but in terms of how they felt about your dad it is i think it's all fairly different i think my sister had a had the closest relationship with him and like and and he helped her so much professionally because she i mean she's a doctor and he was that was the sort of they they had a lot in common Mm. i mean my brother and i would he had the most difficult relationship yeah I've spoken to him about it quite a lot. And I don't, I don't really think he... It's hard to talk about this without sounding slightly psychopathic. I realise <laughs> like, that. Go for it. No, no, just in my own... Like, you uh, you feel like I should be feeling worse about this than I am. I don't know. I think everybody comes with that, though. Everyone, like, Maybe. Everyone I speak to is like, oh, well, I, I know I should feel this, but I don't. Mm-hmm. And I actually think the only people I've spoken to who it fits kind of what you'd expect is like, oh, they were very old. I was at their side. And they knew I loved them and I knew they loved me, mm. which is really why everyone seeks that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because yeah. if you can achieve that. Yeah, great. Great. Because the, the child's life. You can do that. Kill them now. Yeah. Kill them <laughs> Get them in the bed. Tuck them in. <laughs> yeah. Because if you can achieve that, it, obviously, then I think what you're left with is just a sadness. I think. Do you, have you ever found yourself? Um, I had certainly wished that he would die. Yeah. Uh, in safe in the knowledge that that would have no effect on whether he would die or not. Yeah, so it was a yeah. sort of safe thing to do. Oh God, yeah. Uh, and I feel like the clo- mentioning forgiveness earlier, the closest I felt I could get to forgiveness because I still don't quite understand what it was, yeah. was to let him think that I really loved him, to not disabuse him of that notion. Yeah. And I think he died without any, uh, and I think that was probably the best I could do on that front. Yeah. Um, but then when he did die, I I realised. I had talked about my the difficulty I had with him so much that some people close to me I think didn't even it didn't they didn't consider that I was actually grieving in uh, some ways. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I think as well because you are a comedian and you're funny as a, you know some comedians off stage aren't funny but you are funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of them, and um, I think 
definitely if you are good at spinning your family into a funny story yeah, and, you, so, and also in the in uh, when you're grieving how do you deal with it when yeah, you tell jokes yeah. you constantly puncture the but i remember imagining other people dying just to check like that it would make me cry and go oh yeah it's fine no yeah if i think about them go oh god no that's awful i can't do that fine i'm not a, i'm not a monster yeah you know i just think i think parent child relationships are really really complicated mm. and it's having had a baby now Oh, I really feel like I know it's such a cliche of like oh, when you have a kid you, yourself, you do start thinking, fucking hell, because I definitely feel a bit more like he's starting to make a little bit more sense. His decisions or his frustrations right. kind of go, oh, yeah, OK, I can. Well, when you're a child, you're like, it just seems like you're not you're not loving me properly. Whereas now, like, oh, he was trying to do something with his work and it wasn't working and he was frustrated and. Mm-hmm. You know, that doesn't take away my pain as a child. But no, yeah, I definitely... But you do certainly, as you... I, I certainly feel this as I go, oh, all these things in my life. Oh, of course. That, yeah. I mean, it's only now that I really... It's only in the last few years I've thought of either of my parents as people. Yeah. yeah in their own yeah. right. There's that Divine Comedy lyric. It was not that long ago it first occurred to me that my mother was a person in her own right. <laughs> and I suddenly was, oh, yeah. And now yeah. I see that person much more. Yeah. But I think it's... Unfortunately, it sometimes takes a really horrible thing yeah, yeah. to make you go oh there they are yeah. like that's who they were mm. and it's very difficult again for people who haven't experienced it I don't think they can force themselves to see them as people because mm. you're you know you're still being the child if they are, you're having that relationship and I think if you have if you have a complicated relationship with a parent their death doesn't stop the complication that's what no, that's me true. and my therapy have been working <laughs> on it's like it doesn't stop yeah that you had, it was complicated, there was anger, they did stuff or you did stuff, and yeah, it doesn't take that away. It's Tell really... you what does, Edinburgh Show. <laughs> Magic, gone. Yeah, done, sorted. How did you feel when you were doing it every day? Did you feel like, because one thing I think, having spoken to like you and um, other people who've done shows like David Baddiel, having to have them so present every day in Edinburgh, which is stressful anyway, mm-hmm. how was that? Like having your dad around, in a way. It was an intensely stressful month. <laughs> yeah. I'd gone off, I'd been in France for a while at clown school where you're bullied by an old man. <laughs> uh, oh, I wonder why you chose that, actually. <laughs> I'd come back, oh yeah, no, I, no I don't, oh, I've put those pieces together. <laughs> um, uh, my then-girlfriend and I broke up. I was a bit of a mess. So that was July, back in July, having to build this show, yeah. going through a breakup. Um, there was something, there was a job I had for two weeks at the end, which also meant that I, I couldn't really build the show properly. And I was kind of like, um, dealing with all these things. I think deliberately, in retrospect, I was just trying yeah, to be yeah. so busy and so make things so complicated that I didn't have to think about it. I remember because of my work commitments, I... I got a sleeper coach to Edinburgh, oh, right. like in those bunk beds, yeah. uh, which come in at like seven in the morning. Yeah. And that day I had to do the first performance oh, of the show, God. which wasn't really finished yet. Yeah. Um, so oh. it was really like it was just running and running and not looking at the ground to see that it's fallen away. Yeah. And then, um, but ultimately I then came out the other side of it, went went off to visit a friend in another country for a little while and that th- Colombia actually and then only after I booked that whole trip because she was living in Bogota did I realize that she was working all the time I was there so I would have to travel the coast of Colombia by myself not speaking Spanish <laughs> <laughs> which um so I had a lot of time to think and a lot of time to be terrified as well because any traveling was uh, I never knew if I'd end up in a place I wanted to be right, yeah. um, because I couldn't really understand what they were <laughs> Uh, relying on the kindness of strangers uh, and sort of came back from that in a much better frame of mind like it, it did feel like I'd 
not shortcutted, but being with him every day really forced the sort of yeah. So it's a bit like fast forwarded grief. It, it meant I way. couldn't stop doing it. Yeah, it meant that I yeah. couldn't ignore the problem. You couldn't just go to work and be like, oh, well, I didn't really think about it today. It was like yeah. your work was thinking. And in Edinburgh as well, like if, people, if you haven't done a show there, you wake up, all you think about all yeah. day is your show, and then you do your show, and then you spend the rest of the evening thinking, <laughs> oh, the show didn't go very well. Should have done that, should have done that. Like, it's yeah, just... It's, it feels so intense, and it seems yeah. it's odd talking about it too with such a obviously massive, uh, like, What's the important thing here? Is it the comedy <laughs> show you're doing, or is it the the grief you're, but you're dealing so with? But they're so tied into each other. They're well, they so certainly. I mean, I wrapped them up. Like yeah. That. Yeah. Did you think? I mean, I know you had the conversation on stage, but like, I guess, did you think he would be okay with it in your heart? Did you feel like this is okay, or did you sort of think? Because I feel like you're quite a practical person. So, do you think? Well, it doesn't matter because he's not here. So, I, when I first did. Like when I started playing with the show, when I, uh, you know, in the, the January show, four months after he died, somebody said to me afterwards, and uh, he said, uh, he's like you, I uh, he was um, European. <laughs> he said, uh, like you're punching a dead man. He's not. And I, I, from that point, I started to worry about right, yeah. that, about what he would think of the show. And then I put it out in my mind. And by the end of it, I came to the conclusion, I, I'd quite like him to see it. Mm. I mean, it's impossible. I think he'd probably like it. I, yeah. I I don't really know. I mean, he had a very. I mean, it's an, it's obvious. That's. I mean, it's impossible. It the show yeah. couldn't exist in a in a position when he would actually be able to see it. It yeah. doesn't match up. No. Uh, I was worried about hauntings for a while. Were you? There'd be point when a balloon would just <laughs> pop, and I and like I mentioned I, I mentioned a bit about haunting and like yeah. I I had a joke in it about he was a committed atheist. So don't worry, he's not going to haunt this because he would never admit that he was wrong. <laughs> Uh, and then a balloon popped <gasps> on the other side. And oh my god! Just like you know, it, that's tension in air. That's why that popped. Yeah, uh, th- but still, happen. you but must still, have been really like. Was, and there are times still when I, because I use the, I, I, th- I have the suit. I still yeah. I use the suit for performance. I, and occasionally I do look at it and suddenly remember what it yeah. was, what it is. Um, Does it smell of him anymore? Because I feel like the clothes are really. No, I dry it cleaned it you, a lot. Yeah. I was gonna say, well, because also I, I'm, I mean, in I'm in that suit in loads of balloons. So whenever I perform, if if there was any sweat of his <laughs> left in there, it's been forced out by my sweat. Oh, although I should point out that I've discovered my sweat smells exactly like my father's <laughs> sweat. I because I remember like um, you know in the morning going in to sit in my parents' bed, yeah. and he was like his side of the bed would just be sodden. Like he he was he was a very sweaty man. So am I. That's what my bed smells like now. <laughs> <laughs> the real, that, those really lovely moments. That's the thing. Some people will say, "Oh, you know, like when I looked in your eyes, it's like it's there." But no, no one's been saying to you, "Oh, because yeah, yeah he smells sweat." Yeah, yeah. You, you right, his, there he is. I've got his veins and his sweat, but I'm not his eyes. I, I went to the. I thought I had glaucoma, and don't. So that's a bit of a relief. <laughs> I thought I, there was. I, as soon as I'd started doing the show, that's when I started getting vague. My leg veins have been really? playing up in the last little while. Um, and there was, I did have this panic of, oh, this is his revenge. This is revenge for the show. A genetic haunting. Yeah. <laughs> that would be an atheist perfect haunting. Yeah, yeah it would be, wouldn't it? And, <laughs> like... and in, indeed, yeah. So when you were saying that, we made a joke about it, but you went to France and you went to Gollier. I started was... there just after my dad died, which is wow. when I realised I didn't quite piece it together at the time, but yeah, a month after I, three oh. weeks after, two weeks after I was in. So if you don't know Gollier, it is famous for being quite a intense experience yeah that's fair to say isn't it yeah where he sort of the yeah way it he feels teaches. like it matters a hell of a lot more than it does and i think that's sort of the strength of it yeah and mm-hmm. he is very harsh with people yeah, he's and, horrible. 
he's horrible. Well, he's got he's he's compassionate and also mm. like purposefully a dick all the time. So you were agree I mean, John, it's like <laughs> You, you, it's like a kind of tough mudder version of grief. <laughs> like you're like, I'm going to go to Gollier. I'm going to do a show. Like that's some really hardcore choices that you made. Yeah. I just wonder, is that something you think you've got from him? That kind of like you said, you just described him going up those stairs by sheer force of will. But like the way you're talking about your grieving is like that is incredible, a, a powerful force of the way you chose to deal with that. Not to make like cod psychology associations, yeah, but like I, I just know. think I, I, I've. A lot of people would have chosen just to go, you know what, I'm going to grieve, I'm going to be at home and I can't deal with anything. I'm not good when I'm not busy. Yeah. And in fact, for several years, we sort of um, had a, like an anxious depression would come about yearly. And then one year came three times. I was, oh, I don't quite know how I got through that. But um, I think the act of just keeping busy was the only way I'd found to deal with my own yeah. headspace. And so that's how I... Uh, Dealt. It might not be the right way. I, I, no, I don't think I, there is a right way. No, I guess I think it's it's almost a bit impressive because it's just like like you said it's it's like I'm gonna I'm really gonna get in this grief. <laughs> like, yeah, I I don't I, I wonder what it is. Part of me does. I realise and I've been doing that. Like I I feel like I sometimes exaggerate. Well, not exaggerate, but I talk about things like this t- because I think it's I, I think maybe to try and make people go wow look at what you you've done rather than actually because it's worth talking about like. It, I, I know what you mean. I think that's a harsh judgment. I think that's a comedian being harsh on himself. Yeah, well, thank you very much. Because <laughs> no, I, I think, oh, am I doing this podcast just because, like, it's it's the only thing that happened to me. <laughs> so I could just talk about it. And, like, I no, I feel, like you said, I feel compelled to talk about it now, suddenly. Mm-hmm. How do you feel now, coming up to three years? Do you feel like your relationship, the conversation with him has changed? Do you feel like the show kind of put a lot of stuff to bed, in a way? I, I do. I mean, time, obviously, people disappear anyway. I, I, I'm a lot fonder of him than I was. Yeah. If I think back to specific incidents and things like that, then I can kind of conjure up the anger towards him, I felt, and the uh, hatred sometimes. But I don't generally, and I don't feel the need to, and I do feel a lot more rested, and uh, understanding is probably the wrong word, but I, I do, I, I, I've lost the resentment to him that I had for a very long time and I and I never I don't think I could have conceived of this I sort of miss him mm. a bit uh, which you maybe which is probably inevitable but I do uh, yeah I'm, I and I and I sort of wish I'd, I'd talked to him more I'd been able to in some way and I don't think there's any I don't I also don't think I could have like yeah. I don't think there was a way in which that would have been possible but I, I regret that slightly. Yeah. I think that's fair enough. I think mm. even if you have a complicated relationship, either they can be so dominant, it doesn't mean that, yeah, it's that thing, like, they're still your dad. Yeah. It's, you still, I was literally thinking this morning, oh, God, I wish I'd asked him that. Who who was that person and why did they do that and why was that aunt involved? Like, yeah. just even now, fucking 20 years on, I was like, oh, that would have been a good question. <laughs> like, that's yeah. something. So, I mean, like you said, I think forgiveness is is a difficult word and it sounds like it sounds like without sounding awful you've come to you found some peace with your relationship with him in yeah. a way or is that yeah. too awful no that's true no that's 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 the way i'd put it I guess. yeah which is i think is all you can do really yeah. is find peace with them as i sort of always with my dad I think i can honestly say he i think he was like 99 percent of the time doing his best 
but sometimes his best was not the right choice. Yeah, <laughs> but like I, in his head, yes. I think he really did think, oh, I think this is the right thing to do. Yeah, I think I, um, well, differently, I think perhaps that's true. But I, I think I'd been doing his best in the, I mean, his de- best was really not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> that's the... Yeah, it's, well, yeah, that's uh, that's the piece I've had to come with of like. Stop bragging about how great your dad was, Carrie <laughs> Oh, I mean, the things I cut out, yeah. <laughs> it's just complicated. I think, and I, I I, wonder if you feel this, I also appreciate now that I did have a complicated relationship because in a way I think it makes understanding other people a bit easier. I think if you have a great relationship, I feel like I learned so much from mm-hmm. that complicated relationship. Mm-hmm. Whereas I, and I sort of am grateful now that it wasn't like, oh, everything was wonderful and I was daddy's little girl. Because I see that in other people, I think, oh, the world must be very confusing for you. Whereas when I yeah. see complication, I understand it. Oh, yeah. like uh, Yeah, all, all world turbulence going, yeah, I knew this was happening. I've, yeah. I've seen people. <laughs> yeah, they're they're yeah. not great. <laughs> <laughs> they can be tricky sometimes, guys, these people. I do remember the point. It's, I rem- yeah, I remember a conversation. It's, I must have been five or six. And the, having a sudden realisation that that dad was not something that everyone was terrified of. Oh wow! What happened then? Did someone just, say? It just it was just it was just slowly dawning on me as they were talking about their father. Yeah. That he was sort of a friend. Wow. Yeah. That was. Uh... Yeah, I remember realizing not everyone's dad did naked tai chi. <laughs> <laughs> and being like, really, yeah, in the garden. Oh, in the garden. Mm-hmm. Blimey. Yeah. Was, was your family generally naturist or? No, just my dad. Just, <laughs> just my dad. Were you overlooked in the garden? Yeah. Yeah, right, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the rest, and like the, me and my brother, my mum being like, oh, God. Like, and my mum just being like, yeah, what do we do? And me and my brother being like, surely there's something we can do. <laughs> like, surely. And my mum just, like that acceptance of the man she'd married. No, kids. Well, that's, there's yeah. nothing you can do. You can't change them. Can't clothe them. You can't, can't clothe them. I am actually... Um, uh, uh, off the back of the t- <laughs> yes go on what? no I'm planning a show which, what I wanted to do was to do the dead dad show on my on father's day every year oh wow to see how it changed yeah um, I then couldn't this year because it's also father's day often falls on my birthday so be, <laughs> just to see that, how that changed over the years and then I realised actually I don't think there's much more change for it to do like they, yeah. like you just get you reach a certain level of distance and, and, and it doesn't alter I think it, cu- it it changes as you get older, definitely. Yeah, but I think there's just such a slow. There's very yeah. quick, and then I think a more. Yeah, I don't think I. I definitely think for the sort of first ten years, in a way, it was just kind of more of the same. Mm. <laughs> and then I think when I got past ten, things got and definitely hitting about to hit twenty, it's changed again. Mm-hmm. But but right. not unrecognized. You know, yeah. definitely familiar. <laughs> familiar sensations of like oh here we here we are old friend but then I started thinking about the um, you know the thing about dying twice well there's two things one dying twice you you die once when their heart stops beating and then again when the last person talks about it oh yeah yeah Uh, and then there's there was a reading of that um, hell is other people being um, meaning that once you die other people get to decide who you were yeah Um, I'm thinking of doing a as more a sort of tribute than that show, I think I'm I, I'm sort of planning on doing a death show with where I just play people in my family who have died, wow. interview my family about them, yeah, and then um, perform those characters, and then keep doing that over the years to see how that show changes yeah, as yeah. the lineup um, alters <laughs> and the. Uh, oh my god! If I was in your family, I'd be like, right, I want 
I want to clean out. You're not having my dress. You're not saying this. That is not okay. I know my mum has really changed her tune. Like I mean, she, oh, don't you do a show about me? And now she seems quite like excited oh, at the like idea. I think. Yeah. Did she see the show? She saw it on the third night. Wow. Um, which was. Yeah, first night was a disaster, and I managed to expose myself completely to the audience as well. <laughs> I was just like, I've, like I've, well, I've been nearly naked on stage a lot, never been, never actually sort of completely yeah. flat, except for that night. Like, <laughs> the, it was horrible. Um, and it got a laugh, and I thought, fuck, does that mean I have to keep it in? Um, but she came, yeah, and got the show ready the second night. Went, ah, this is it, this is how it works. And then she came the third, so it was very hard to deal with, like very, very aware of her being there. Yeah, of course. Um, so it was a very tense performance. And then... At the end, I said something to the audience, and immediately I was doing it, I knew I've missed, I shouldn't be saying this. I said my mum's in tonight, and I just want to say thank you and uh, for letting me do this, and I'm sorry, and I love you. Uh, and she was furious about that. Well, no, she was pissed off about that. She, she thought they shouldn't have said that. Um, <laughs> but she was... Why did she think you shouldn't have said that? I think it was a bit soppy. <laughs> um, but she she was fine with the show. I think she she liked she she liked the show uh, and was happy with me doing it. Then she asked me one thing before I sort of did it again in London. She said, "Don't use his real name." And I thought, "I've done this thirty times now." And I, <laughs> like, because I'd, I'd 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 bring him in from off stage with the kind of he's the doctor with a. I don't know what it was. Uh, he's the consultant oncologist who drinks more than he should, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, on the stage, and then I'd say his full name. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I don't think it would. And but then, yeah, that was the only thing she asked me to. Then did you change also. it? Yeah, well, I wasn't yeah. gonna. But she asked me after I'd done it thirty times. <laughs> she like she saw it, didn't say that, and then months later, you know, I, I think it would be good if you. Oh right, yeah, good. Right, okay. well, seven more shows. Like, yeah, yeah, I didn't say it in Edinburgh. <laughs> Don't worry about it. No, she knew. She was there. She heard it. I think she'd be less pressured about it. I mean, as time goes by now, it, you know, mm. it's as if they sort of fade away. Well, John Luke, thank you so much for coming in to talk to me about your dad and your experience. <laughs> thank you for, thank you for letting me talk about my dad and my uh, showbiz career. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> You can follow John Luke on Twitter at JLukeRoberts and you can see his brand new show about his other dead relatives called The Dead Show at the Vaults Festival in London this Wednesday the 7th to Sunday the 11th of February 2018. Do go along if you live in London, his shows are always quite incredible things. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Griefcast or you can email us thegriefcast at gmail.com. Music in the show is by the Glue Ensemble and you can buy the music too if you head to their website. And the show was produced by Kate Holland. Remember, you are not alone. Head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.